Welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg. Today's episode, we're focusing on, is it really the case that there are so many quote unquote toxic people? Terminology toxic is floating around rampantly online on TikTok and elsewhere. What's really going on? This episode is brought to you by Halcyon Therapy Group, concierge therapy for busy professionals and couples in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you so much for your generosity. After I've read this article, the article is in The Atlantic. It was published a few days ago. The title of the article from Caitlin Tiffany, that's it, you're dead to me. <laughs> Subtly, everyone is toxic. Uh, when you're online and you're reading about relationships or maybe you're looking for relationship advice online, TikTok or elsewhere, is it the case that you're coming up on this language about toxicity and toxic people all over the place. I know it's the case for me. I've been doing this show for over a year and we've talked about toxicity here as well because it's on people's minds. Two things really, toxic people and narcissists, right? Those are the two hot sort of trending topics when we're talking about relationship advice. And the article, if you read it, the link to the article, that's it, You're Dead to Me by Keel and Tiffany will be in the show notes here with the show. So you can go check it out, read the article yourself. I actually really enjoyed it. Her her writing is fabulous. And her argument is uh, similar to mine when it comes to like narcissists. I often will tell our audience here live on TikTok and on her show that the, the number of actual true narcissists, like they would actually get the diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder is very, very small. So the question is here is like, when we look at relationships, uh, whatever that relationship is, in the article, Caitlin talks about, you know, renting uh, or subletting a spare room in her apartment with her boyfriend to a an aspiring model. There was some conflict with uh, this roommate and all of a sudden the roommate basically like just doesn't talk to her anymore. And so she talks a little bit about this incident in the article. I think it's an interesting way to talk about this idea of like people just kind of getting canceled, people just being cut off. If you've heard me talk about this topic before, you know that we acknowledge, right, that there are significantly uh, dysfunctional relationships out there, relationships between romantic partners, relationships between, you know, parents and children, adult children, maybe, and all sorts of, you know, unhealthy relationships out there for sure. We know again, from the science, that that uh, conflict is uh, normal and perpetual in long-term relationships. doesn't matter if you're, you've got a best friend. You know, I was on the phone with a, a friend of mine who I met in seventh grade. I'm almost 40 years old now. Uh, and we got into this heated conversation about something. And if you've had a friend forever, you know you've gotten into conflict with that person before. But what does it mean in present day life to be in a long-term relationship with someone? I would suggest that we ought not look at normative conflict as toxicity. We ought not be so quick to just cancel somebody. It's just, you know, you're dead to me sort of thing. That's the title of the article. At the same time, we need to understand that that requires some level of uh, connection, emotional connection that requires some level of investment in if it is the case that there is actually abuse going on, right? There is, which is what I would hope would be the only time we would use the term toxic. And I know it's, it gets thrown around very easily on, again, on TikTok and elsewhere. Toxic. Uh, this toxic person this toxic. But I'm talking about abuse, really, right? So one in three women still around the world 
uh, experience some level of physical or sexual violence, for instance, from an intimate partner violence or a non-partner. Uh, we know that we know that abuse is occurring at a very high rate still, and women tend to be the uh, target of that violence, whether it's intimate partner violence, whether that's physical, sexual, whether that's emotional. We know that's still the case all around the world. My point here today, ladies and gentlemen, is let's lean into the idea that we need to set boundaries on truly abusive uh, relationships, right? And people, uh, we need to set boundaries around that. We need to reinforce those boundaries. We need to leave relationships with people who are physically or emotionally uh, and definitely sexually abusive, all those things actually. And the author of this article uh, suggests this as well. There's a real risk, you know, there's a real danger in our society right now as we look at relationships around us that we pathologize normative conflict, right? So we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, create stakes that are unreasonably high in terms of losing relationships that we could otherwise work through issues. We could otherwise come to understand each other. We could otherwise set up rules and boundaries that could be respected, right? Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you're joining me right now and have any thoughts, my friends, about this idea that maybe we've gone a little bit too far, particularly on social media, particularly when you uh, search for relationship advice online, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or elsewhere, uh, have we gone too far in labeling normal conflict as toxic and you know canceling people before we actually try to work through things. Uh, let's get to the comments. We had Alicia saying, I think people feel they have more options with social media and online dating and it's easier to cut ties with someone and just find someone else to avoid conflict. Yeah, absolutely, Alicia. This, this is point that you make is uh, shared by the author of the article that I read. Uh, again, it'll be in the show notes. You know, we may think, hey, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even deal with the slightest of things, and that's okay. I would say in the beginning of dating, right? We want, and I've said this before. I had Mariana, uh, free spirit Latina, who's gonna be joining us again in a, in a couple weeks on the show as guest host. You know, we talked about this. We want the beginning of romantic relationships to be relatively easy because life is hard already, and romantic relation, long-term relationships are hard. They're, they're not easy. They require effort, right? So we know we're going to have to put effort in anyway. I would suggest that we would hopefully find people that, you know, we, we could date for at least uh, a few months <laughs> before things get particularly difficult with conflict. Uh, but I would suggest maybe even longer than that. But if you're in a, uh, a long-term relationship been with someone for a year or whatever, then you know we would hope that you would you know, continue to invest and really try to work stuff out before ending a relationship. But more than that, platonic relationships, work relationships, maybe relationships with an older parent as you become older yourself and you know start to reassess maybe some of the the parenting techniques that your your mom or dad or whoever. Uh, used when you're a kid. I think too often we may view relationships as, you know, disposable. And I guess that's the point of the article and the point I'm making here. So yeah, let's not, let's not think of relationships as disposable. If I mess up, in other words, uh, I would hope that somebody who cared about me even a little bit would give me the opportunity to apologize and repair, right? We would hope that those are norms that we maintain uh, in our society, right? That it's okay to repair, that it's okay to come back together, figure it out together, right? Uh, Lisa says they, 
these days people find excuses to leave and I find it shallow. It's sad and frustrating for those who want healthy and love, healthy love and partnerships. Yeah. Well, I agree. Again, we don't, we don't want to listen. Let's not ghost people. Let's take people's uh, emotional experience to heart. Let's respect them as we respect ourselves. And let's look at conflict as something that's probably normative and that we need to learn how to work through together, right? Each putting in equal effort to try to navigate things. Hey, listen, if you haven't uh, been on Netflix recently, so Netflix has got season two of Indian Matchmaker out. I watched the first episode last night. Let's take a listen to the promo where one of the cast members is describing her match, what she's looking for with the matchmaker. In the past, matchmaking was easy, but it has become tough for me. I'm Seema Taparia. I'm Mumbai's top matchmaker. So, Viral, now you tell me what type of person you want. Um, I want someone who's Gujarati. Okay. Um, Number one is Gujarati. Yes. Okay. Preferably speaks the language. I'm pretty mature for my age, I would say. So I think I need a little bit older, 33 to 37. I'm tall, I'm 5'8", so I would love a guy who is also tall. Religious-wise, I do identify as Hindu. Financially stable, um, I'm debt-free. Six. Um, I want someone who's, you know, made all their accomplishments by themselves. A doctor would be nice, too. No smoking, no like heavy, heavy drinking. Going out and partying and all that, too old for that. Stable, cool temperament. Someone who can like talk science-y to me. I go there about at least 10 times a month. Where? Uh, Pilates. It'd be great if they enjoyed reading as well. And I feel like that's it. Someone like that. Has anybody here actually watched the show, Indian Matchmaker? So nobody, it looks like nobody's watching Indian Matchmaker. Let me tell you one of the reasons I, I started watching this last night. Not only, you know, was I interested, just kind of see would I like this show? And it seems like I am going to like this show. I'm going I'm to watch episode two. I'll keep watching it. Uh, but if you didn't know this, uh, 50% of world marriages still to this day are arranged. Uh, and this is primarily a, a, a custom in India, Pakistan, uh, and, and other communities, obviously, Japan, China, there's communities out in, around the world that, you know, rely on this different model of how relationships begin. Long-term, serious relationships begin, marriage begins. I, I want to increasingly uh, learn more and more about relationship science and the current relationship landscape with you uh, and start to venture out into talking about communities and love that is not Eurocentric, uh, <laughs> which obviously if you've, you know me and you've been listening to this uh, podcast, this show for over a year, you know that, uh, you know, I practice Gottman Method Couples Therapy and Gottman Method Couples Therapy, uh, while it does have really good cross-cultural uh, application, meaning we know that the core relationship skills that I'll teach in couples therapy uh, are, are great for most people. Love itself, right? The, the way relationships begin themselves uh, differ, you know, sometimes dramatically across cultures, across uh, cultural expectations and norms and traditions. And so again, uh, this idea of arranged marriages, arranged long-term relationships is very common, as I just mentioned, 
many, many, I think it's uh, two million uh, marriages worldwide were arranged. And this data comes from 2018, so I don't know where it is exactly right now. So what's the deal? I watched this episode and I see that there's this, you know, this matchmaker who's visiting uh, new singles, folks who seem to be, to me, to be in either the middle class or upper middle class, right? So they can afford this person, this matchmaker to work with them. Uh, or if it's the parents who are paying for it, I don't know, that they're, uh, they got this matchmaker working with their child, for instance. And then that, that there are these social gatherings that, that this investment of people external to us involved in the matchmaking process. So anybody here, anybody here uh, live right now have any experience, by the way, with matchmaking? Obviously, you don't have to live in any particular country or be a partic- any uh, particular cultural group or ethnic group to employ a matchmaker. We've had a matchmaker and dating uh, a coach on our show, Better Love, in season one. So we know you, know you can hire these people here in the United States of America. You can get people, you can get a whole team together if you've got enough money to go find yourself a great match. And so we know that there's, right, we can have external support. And by the way, if you got the, if you have the money and you have, you know, tried to organically on your own with your own skill set, with your own uh, dating apps with your own whatever have been trying to date for a minute and you're just not being and you're not finding any success then I would strongly suggest that you consider at least a consult right with somebody who does that aside from normalizing the idea of bringing in somebody else to help match I think the other thing that the show normalizes is the idea that people typically have a preference to date people who are similar to them or who, you know, the community that which they grew up in. All of the principal uh, characters, so this is reality TV obviously, but are all Indian, right? So the idea of people marrying within their own ethnic or cultural or uh, groups is something pretty old, right? <laughs> pretty ancient. Uh, and this is an example of such a situation, right? I, it, it seems to me, and although I, I didn't watch season one, so I might have to catch that, but I don't know. Are these people dating anyone who's not Indian? I don't know. So I think it's okay uh, to, to do two things at once, which is, to no, which is to normalize and celebrate the idea that love transcends anything. Right, love transcends uh, race, ethnicity, religion, our spiritual orientation, all the things. Like love can transcend those things, right? And we can, in fact, be happily married and have, you know, if we want to have kids, beautiful kids with with uh, with anybody that we fall in love with, right? That is a thing, and it is the case that many people still do, uh, at least initially, date people who are around them, date people within their community maybe initially preferred to date somebody who shares their cultural values, their their history, part of their story, right? So that's n- nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. I think we, we ought to honor uh, both aspects of, of the issue. Go check out Netflix's uh, Indian Matchmaker. Tell me what you think. All right, here's your relationship skill for the week. I want to focus on repair this week. So if you're in a relationship right now, friendship, romantic relationship, uh, you know, healthy, you're trying to build a healthy relationship with an adult parent or whatever else, then seeing repair as something that 
can happen in sort of micro doses or micro ways versus uh, only after a significant blow up or significant conflict where there's a regrettable incident or fight is a good stance to have in any healthy relationship. And so the Gottmans might suggest that you are, if you're emotionally attuned, then you'll have a sense of when things are sort of getting off track, right? When there's a little bit more uh, emotional distance or emotional disconnection. And we want to then make sort of maybe fine-tuned statements uh, in our conversation when we have a sense that that's the case. Now, if you're with somebody uh, in your relationship, you know, there's an insecure attachment style, right? So there maybe there's some anxiety or avoidance going on in a relationship around conflict. And it's, it's really important that you kind of stay attuned. And if you're that person, maybe you share one of these following statements like, uh, I'm getting scared or that hurt my feelings or that felt like an insult or I feel blamed. Can you rephrase that? right so or I feel defensive can you rephrase that it's okay to share what's going on for you and ask for things and these minor adjustments right asking for our partner to rephrase how they're talking to us is totally okay because it slows down the process it, it, and it prevents us from uh, going in uh, a direction that's not going to be productive now you you know that some of these micro adjustments may be asking for a timeout or asking for a break. And you can do that. You can say, I'm feeling flooded. Or can we take a break? Can, can we come back to this in an hour? Whatever it is uh, to stop the action, right? And be able to come back to it when you're in a better spot. Uh, the other thing that I'll say I really enjoy about these micro adjustments, uh, and I'm, again, I'm reading from a repair checklist from the Gottmans right now. Uh, here's a few about compromise or getting to yes that I think you might enjoy. And here they are. You're starting to convince me. <laughs> I like that, right? So things kind of get heated and it's like, uh, and, and one person's trying to, you know, getting in the stance of like trying to persuade or whatever, and they don't think they're getting through to you or whatever. If you share, like, actually you're starting to convince me or, you know what, I agree with part of what you're saying here. Let's compromise. You know, let's find some common ground. Uh, here's a really good one. I never thought of things that way. I never thought of things that way. What a beautiful, what a beautiful way to kind of open up a conversation and uh, you know, let your partner know that you're accepting influence, that you're open to influence and sharing that influence mutually and that they actually are having an impact on you and your thinking and your feeling. You know, the greatest block to repair is defensiveness, right? And we know that there are plenty of unhealthy relationships out there where there's a significant amount of defensiveness, but to be able to share with your partner, no, no, I'm here with you, right? I'm here with you and you're actually having an impact. I'm actually hearing you and make sense to me. And these micro adjustments, I hope you make them, right? I hope you stay tuned to each other. That's all for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, for science-based advice, we're here to support you dating and creating healthy relationships from the start so you create healthy norms and standards that carry on into your long-term, fierce, healthy loves. From my heart to yours, love each other fiercely. And until next time, peace.